Today is Tuesday of the second week of Advent. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, we hear a lot about the Christmas spirit this time of year. I'd like to make a case for an Advent imagination. Let me first tell you a story, a true one. Not long ago, a woman wrote a story about an incident that occurred in Central Park. As she was entering the park, she saw a couple coming toward her with their five-year-old daughter. The little girl was obviously tired and wanted to be carried. As the family approached the woman, she leaned over to the little girl and said softly, I bet what you need is an an imaginary pony. The little girl's eyes brightened and suddenly she stood up straight and galloped away from them. What's your pony's name? The woman shouted after her. Sally, the little girl called back over her shoulder. The father said to the woman, are you a child psychologist? She smiled and said, no, but when our children were small, we always took some imaginary ponies along for a walk back home. I like to think this woman had an Advent imagination. We all need imaginary ponies every now and then. We all get tired and weary and feel that we just can't take another step. We'd like to be carried because we just can't do it by ourselves. Now, some say that imaginary pony is no pony at all, but that's not true. It's an imaginary pony. To have an imaginary pony, all you need is an imagination. With it, you can give yourself a beautiful stallion, a gentle palomino, or a Shetland pony. Without it, you only have your feet. With it, you can move into the future with a lightness of being. Which brings me to what I think Advent is about and the importance of having an Advent imagination An Advent imagination is rooted in a heart open to the unexpected. The nameless prophet we call Second Isaiah had an Advent imagination. To a people trapped in a sad and desperate present, far from their homeland, he offered a vision of a future that gave them hope. The people of Israel had been taken out of their land and taken to Babylon. One day, this prophet stood up and began to promise that a new day was coming, that God was coming to rescue them, and they were to get ready. He said, In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. They were to take down any obstacle that would prevent God's approach and flatten out anything that would obstruct their view of seeing God coming in glory and in power. He gave them a rousing call to live in watchful expectation for a God who has not forgotten the people. 
Suddenly, at the very end of the reading, there is a dramatic change in image from proclaiming a God of might who rules by his strong arm to imagining a God of great tenderness. The prophet suddenly says, like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ewes with care. What a wonderful imagination Isaiah had, an Advent imagination. It could set forth power and gentleness in the same breath. Power need not crush, nor gentleness fade into sentimentality. Second, Isaiah's imagination could carry a people into the future. It still can. And then we have the imagination of Jesus himself. In the Gospel of Matthew, he envisions himself as a good shepherd who does more than simply lead and care for us as Isaiah imagines. He also has a certain preference, a predilection for compassion toward those who go astray from the community, the little ones who are neglected by those who consider themselves to be caregivers. The Word of God offers a vision that pulls us onto our feet and into the future. The word of God sets before us a God as tender as a shepherd who feeds his flock and lifts them to his bosom. God's word speaks to our tired hearts that occasionally need to be carried to our weary minds who imag whose imaginations sometimes falter. For the present, it's our task to listen to his voice and to live in a way that we practice for that day, even now, because he comes even now, calling our names. When the priest says, body of Christ, that is our Lord coming to us, coming in a way that calls us to intimate communion. These words call us to an act of faith and to action. Receive this and be the body of Christ in the world. I'm Father Philip Dabney, a Redemptorist station in Washington, D.C. Have a blessed Advent.